0: You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Taverly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Taverly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that, from all different fields, are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Grit and Grace. This is going to be a really unique episode because we are recording live on site at Future City, which is a project-based learning program in which middle school students imagine, research, design, and build cities for the future. These students work with an educator and a STEM mentor to imagine and create cities that incorporate the team's solution to a sustainable sustainable issue that our world faces right now. You can learn more about this program at futurecity.org. And it has been absolutely incredible to you know, see this event come together and grow. It's only a few years in the making in Colorado. Although Future City is a national program as a whole, and I'm really excited because you guys are going to get to hear from Denise Plant and Debbie Waynes, um, who are from the LA Dealer Group, and Denise is from the Bull, and she is also a podcaster and she's the MC today. And you know, there are a lot of activities that are taking place all at the School of Mines, which is where we are. But most importantly, I want to give you a taste for what it's like to listen to these young teenage students address some sort of major issue that our, our our world faces. And this can be about the environment. This could be about access to resources. This is about the damage and issues we have going on on our planet. And let me tell you, these students are going to blow your mind. They are so creative and they are so outside of the box thinking that they are developing the future of what could potentially be solutions. That is going to absolutely blow your mind. And you're also going to hear from a gentleman by the name of Eric. He's a mechanical engineer now, but at 12 years old, he was a participant in Future City. And he will tell you that his experience of participating in this project based learning program where they actually qualified for nationals, because this is, we're recording actually at a regional event in Colorado, but they went to nationals when he was 12. And he got to go to Washington, D.C. and experience what youth, across our entire country are developing as solutions to problems. And you know what? He's going to tell you that it's if it wasn't for this, he would have never gone into this field. So anyway, I'm, I'm extremely excited to be here. I thank the John Elway Dealer Group because they are a sponsor for this program today. And you know, you all know, if you've listened to my show before, that they are some of my people and I work with them and I love the impact they make in the community. And this is just one of many examples on how companies can get involved at the community level and really see change happen. So thank you, Debbie, and the whole team at John Elway Dealer Group. And thank you for Denise to Denise Plant for joining us and for emceeing today. And also, thank you to all of the students who bravely got behind this microphone and shared their project, shared their idea, and talked to an adult like me who really has no idea what they're talking about. I mean, they are way smarter than I am in terms of managing these environmental and you know planet challenges that we have. And I really am very thankful, and I am going to put in the show notes who won out of of the four teams that you heard from today. So thank you again for listening and enjoy the show. I'm really excited as part of this feature that we're doing today to be interviewing Eric Hedlestad. Did I say that right? Hattel. Really, Hedlestad. It's I'm a tricky kind of, one. It is kind of a tricky one. But thank you very much for speaking to me and for coming to this event, because not only are you the keynote presenter and, and a mentor and leader for all of these students, but you participated in this in the past, right?
1: Yeah,
2: 11 years ago. Uh, I was in the Colorado regional competition and ended up going to nationals. And how did that go? Uh, it was probably one of the scariest things I've done. Um, it was like the first time you truly present to an audience that cares, that matters, and that can push your subject matter expertise.
0: That's amazing. Where? Uh, so, tell us a little bit about your project, then. I mean, just briefly.
2: Yeah, it's uh, dredging up some memories, um, <laughs> in, in only a good way. Uh, it was uh, all about kind of sustainability within a new world and and changing, uh, you know, a developing nation to improve their infrastructure. Um, the mm-hmm. the challenge of that year was nanotechnology and how can it serve as a useful purpose um, within the infrastructure of a city.
0: Yeah. And that's fascinating because to me, you're talking about a topic that is going to impact us for generations and generations to come. And I I'm, I'm not trying to age you, but <laughs> at the time, how old were you when you were working on that? Yeah, I was like
2: 12 or 13 at the time. Yeah. Um, and what was amazing was so much of it was not necessarily new technology, but a, a matter of, of science fiction. And so it created this just incredible realm of exploration and and discovery as, as a young engineer.
0: And what has happened from then till now in that specific area? Because... I'm assuming that what you thought was like far-reaching back then, that would be hard to imagine actually happened has has happened in a variety of ways. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs> I mean, there's been a whole host of advancements in technology and nano engineering. Um, the, I think the biggest misconception that I held as a 12 or 13 year old was that nanotechnology was a mechanical engineer's job, um, and that's certainly been proven to me that that's not always the case, um, and that. Chemical and biological engineering has taken the forefront of nanotechnology and and created these biological machines. Um, I mean, there have been breakthroughs even in the last couple of weeks about, you know, a, a first self propelled biological machine um, designed and manufactured by humans on the nanoscale.
0: And do you think that you would have? Because I'm assuming you work in the field now, right?
2: I'm in sales as an engineer now. So technical sales, and I get to talk to people for a living.
0: Yeah, which is amazing because you get to combine the education with the fact that you're an outgoing person, which is great. But do you think that you would have gone down this path if you would not have participated in this event as a 12-year-old?
2: No, not at all. It was this single inflection point that pushed me to be an engineer.
0: Yeah, I find that really fascinating because as an entrepreneur and as a woman who sees other entrepreneurs constantly striving and growing and coming into their own in the later half of their life, what I like about this is it exposed you to something so fantastic at such a young age, even though I'm sure it was difficult at 12. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the students and seeing the presentations that are going on, and this is no joke. Like, this is, this is teaching some really valuable skills outside of just their project scope Just by having to do this process, like it's a lot.
2: Absolutely, and I I think one of the biggest skills that Future City really enables students to have is the public presenting and being able to articulate ideas in a very professional manner that isn't necessarily highlighted in our education system. And it pushes students.
0: Mm, good point, because we're really not taught marketing and sales in school, which the truth is, in everything we do in life, we're in sales, right? Whether, Absolutely. I mean, I even think of it as a mother, like I've had to sell the idea to <laughs> my children that they need to eat good food and they yep. need to exercise. I mean, we do marketing and sales in every aspect of our life, whether we're parents or in business or in our families, our neighbors, our friends. It's just, it's a natural aspect of being able to communicate a thought topic in a way that fits our heart, right? And, and do it authentically. Absolutely. And there's nothing like doing that in trial by fire at 12 years old.
2: <laughs> and it, it certainly is a trial by fire for so many of these students and it's incredible to see their growth.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a part of that, you know, you, you set the stage and what happened, and by the way, what happened when you went to nationals?
2: It was so much bigger, right? Like the regional competition is big. You see 15, 20, 30 teams. um, And nationals is just a different level. It's it's a different scale of intensity. It's a different scale of thought and innovation.
0: Did you feel like it was like the most brilliant minds of the future were all in one space? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
2: you see kids who are clearly going to excel. um, And, you know, even as a 12 or 13 year old, you can identify them as these children who are just going to be incredibly successful in what they do, whether it is mm-hmm. engineering or, you know, whether they elect to go into something else entirely. But they, they project this image of just incredible ingenuity and innovation.
0: So let me ask you a question. Um, what are you going to share with the students today during your keynote? Like, what are the key messages that you feel from your experience and where you're at today and what you learned when you were 12? What's the key points you want them to hear? Because I think that maybe more so than someone like me, they're going to listen to you.
2: I I spent a lot of time ruminating on that. um, Had discussions with uh, you know a significant other, grandma, dad, on and trying to determine like what message do I want to share, and what it came down to was the fact that uh, the journey of being an engineer um, is is really kind of this grandiose idea. Um, It's it's made up of big challenges, right? You have the the grand challenges set forth um, by the Society of Professional Engineers, and there are fourteen of them that are identified in the 21st century to be the biggest problems that we as a society and as the human race will face. Um, And having those set forth, that's pretty foreboding. Um, And what I really want the students to understand is that You can kind of bring this back down to a childhood toy and that life and engineering particularly is a lot like Legos. Um, You get to take this incredible set of ideas and this incredible vision for a castle or a boat or a ship or a plane, um, but it all starts with a single brick. Um, And whether that's math or science or history, um, you gotta start at the foundational technologies and ideas and and slowly build those. And, And whether those bricks are subjects or problems or ideas they all come together in an incredibly symbiotic way to build that you know lego set if you will um, to solve that grand challenge
0: Mm, that that's that's actually really powerful what you just shared is really powerful and i i think about it from the perspective of companies that are already working in the field or that are not working in the field that have not necessarily thought about how they can support the next generation in developing solutions to these problems that we know are we already know what these problems of our future are going to be we don't necessarily know exactly at what speed the solutions will be available and this is to me this is this is the future of what it's like to really look at innovation because you know when you started a blank slate at 12 You know, the minds are so open and they're so creative and they don't have all these like limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves as we age. And I think that that is that is really a big key to the future. So there is a question in there. It's coming. (laughs) And and that is, I mean, how do you suggest other companies get involved in supporting this type of um, creation of these of problem solving for what are our our world is going to face in the future. How can people get involved?
2: Uh, From a individual kind of you, me as people um, it's, it's finding those local organizations that support students. Um, You know, the future city isn't the only organization out there that enables kids to explore engineering or science or technology. Um, You know, as, as an individual, it's easy to go and volunteer and put your time forth Uh, as an organization. It really comes down to corporate culture and values. Um, You know, shareholders aren't always the number one Um, a lot of the times you have to look at tomorrow and not necessarily today Um, and that means putting putting money towards efforts and ventures like future city that provide kids from all walks of life the opportunity to just know about engineering or science or technology and know that it is an opportunity that they could pursue Um, you know I I think there's many preconceived notions about engineering uh, being incredibly math heavy or incredibly science heavy and while those are you know facets of engineering. They aren't necessarily engineering in its entirety. Um, We need thought diversity. um, We need people diversity. And having corporations put their time, their money, and their effort behind those ideas to ensure that people can become engineers, uh, that's going to be incredibly powerful in the next five to 10 years.
0: Especially when we look at, I mean, this this show is primarily, I primarily interview women. So you're like the fourth man in a a year and a half that's been on my show. So by the way, I didn't tell you that to to begin with. I'm telling (laughs) you now. But I mean, especially women and you know children that come from low-income families don't necessarily have the same opportunities to learn and explore their creativity at a young age. So something Future City does, and what you just touched on, is that there are organizations like Future City out there that even the playing field, right, they make it available to students of, of, of any of any area they live or any gender or any background to be able to participate in that process. And I think that that's important because we also know that the number of women that work in the field is low. And I don't know if you recall from when you were a student was was there an equal number of students that were girls and boys that participated? Absolutely,
2: absolutely not. Yeah. It was it was significantly gender balanced or yeah. imbalanced. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, through engineering school, you see that consistently. Um, you see this balance that is clearly not present uh, across gender or socio economic classes, um, and that's. That's, I think, where innovation and growth within the engineering community is going to come from.
0: Mm -hmm. I I agree. And I'm really glad that you're willing to have that conversation because I think that it is important. And we want want girls and women to have the opportunity to learn because we bring different perspectives, right? But what happens, I think there's this, I was talking to, her name is Julie Holonga. We had a conversation about at what age girls stop being interested in in math and in science and where where that shifts. And it's somewhere in the middle school region where that shift really happens. And I'm hoping, and I don't know because I don't work in that field, but I'm hoping that there is at the education level, um, even inside schools, outside schools in organizations like Future City that are looking at that concept as a whole and how to stop that decline that happens. And it's definitely definitely social related. And I think that... um, that's a really other big challenge that isn't addressed at Future City, but Absolutely. we should definitely see um, continue to be addressed. So this is awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for you know being willing to share your message on the show and allowing us to put together such a really good program about what's happening at Future City. And if anybody would like to get in touch with you and find out more about how they could get involved or volunteer, do you have any social media handles or places where people can find you?
2: Absolutely. Uh, LinkedIn is going to be the best place. Uh, Eric Haddlestead, H-A- T-L-E-S-T-A-D. Funny Great. funny last name but you won't forget it
0: we'll put the link to your linkedin profile in the show notes and so anyone if you're looking to connect with eric and even learn more about what he's doing and his path from where he started at future city to where he's at today i'm sure he would share his story always happy to talk thank you so much thanks So some of the additional parts of this Future City event that I really love is I have a couple of ladies here that um, are going to join me for a few minutes because I love that they're involved because they have not only influence in their sectors and fields and what they do, but they are also investing themselves into the future of these worldwide problems that we know we're going to face. And these students at Future City, they're solving it. And like as an entrepreneur, I feel like we're setting the stage to give children the opportunity at some point to do something really creative and wonderful. And I don't really feel like I had that opportunity growing up. And so it took me until I was like over 40 to get there, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're starting young. And that is really amazing to me. And, um, I know the John Elway dealer group is a sponsor for this event. And I have Debbie Waynes with me, the marketing director from the John Elway D- dealer group. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And so, and I also have Denise plant, by the way, Denise, Hi. Welcome. How, how are you? we have never been behind the microphone together. Oh, that's right. We haven't. And I mean, you do this for a living. So I will admit, I mean, I might get a little, feel a little nervous, like having you and I on the microphone at
3: the same oh, time. This is like, that's <laughs> silliness. I have to, you have the nicest setup, the nicest rig. I'm jealous.
0: I mean, we can give a shout out to Les at Healant Media because he wow. takes a very good care of this podcast.
3: <laughs> My goodness. I need to follow you more. I need to learn from you. Seriously. <laughs> so Denise, tell our audience a little bit about what you do. Cause I know that you are on the bowl and I know you do other things and you have a podcast as well, right? I do. Yeah. It's called On the Go with Denise Plant, and I just launched it right now. It's just everything that happens day to day in my life in the life of a public figure, yeah. But also, I like there's I have my celebrity edition too, I call it the Celebrity Bull edition, Mm. and so I'm a big, big fan of The Bachelor. Anything that would attract a woman who's juggling a lot of things, that's a good podcast to go to. So we talk about beauty products. We talk about reality TV. We talk about raising kids and we talk about fun nonprofit events. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I am here today. I was actually introduced to it by the John Elway group and Debbie, and they're a big supporter. um, And they asked me if I would like to MC. I was blown away to see what these kids have accomplished at such a young age. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I actually just even speaking to Eric here, who is going to be the keynote address um, in, the, in the opening ceremonies that are happening now, because, you know, he was 12 when he participated and he is a mechanical engineer now and he's working in the field and he tells like he tells the story at 100% he would not be doing what he was doing if he didn't get the chance to participate as a student. And the fact that they're addressing overcoming um, the gender bias and the, you know, social economic issue that happens with the availability to this type of program to students from you know, various income levels, that to me is like, you know, actually, it makes me, makes me feel like maybe there is going to be a chance for us to equal the playing field.
3: Well, you are who you surround yourself with, and that's yeah. so true. And you, like you said, when you were younger, you didn't have the possibilities that are being offered to these kids today. I didn't either. And who knows? Maybe I would have took a t- completely different field, and maybe I wouldn't be talking on the radio or, or on TV, and I would be uh, an engineer. And some of these ladies really have made quite an impression on not only the young students that are here today... But just what you said, maybe leveling the playing field. Mm-hmm. Like women like you, me, Debbie, they are really equaling things out these days. And to see these young girls get the opportunity to talk one on one with mentors like they mm-hmm. have today, it's huge. And I'm really happy to see so many girls involved. Actually, yep. that to me makes me really happy.
0: And Debbie, um, again, thank you for sponsoring this event. Thank you to the John Elway dealer group for making this type of event possible. And I know that you guys are one of the actually you're You're
4: providing a sponsorship, is that correct? Yes, we sponsor the Transportation Award. So we actually... Our donation goes to trying to have these kids be creative about transportation Mm. specifically. And it's very interesting to learn about magnetic trains and how they're going to get people around in the city and hoverboards and emergency drone equipment that these kids have. I've judged each one of their projects, their teams. I think there are 16 teams this year. And it's very, very interesting to see. Some of them have no cars and trucks other than emergency vehicles. It's everything else is by trains, it's magnetic, everything is electric, everything's clean. And it's really interesting to see how they... See our future going, mm. which is what this is about.
3: It's almost like growing up watching Back to the Future. Yeah, all of that is coming yeah. alive today. <laughs> it's interesting. Well, Eric said that what they thought was like sci-fi and science fiction in
0: when he was twelve is actually what's happening now. Yeah, and I'm like exciting. Yes. So when we when we're here and we see the presentations that they're making, it's like you wonder, okay, there is this this
4: future of what they're presenting is is real. Yes, and it's also really interesting to hear how they've done their research, Mm. that they're going to places like countries like England and Iceland and different countries, not just looking in the United States at what we're doing, but they're looking at what's going on in our world today that other countries are actually implementing and using. Mm. So it's very (laughs) interesting. And there's even one team that is trying to figure out how they can make a bubble... That would transport people people from one building to another building and you would not have any cars and any in anybody a in a bubble. Wow! So like to avoid the elements. Correct. Wow. And to float from place to place and it's done with magnetics. That's like post apocalypse yes. Types. Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: It's cool because some of these kids actually get to go to Washington DC. And they the right. way they build their display
4: has to travel. It is shipped to where they don't get to like take it apart and they literally have to ship the display as is to get it to regionals or finals finals yeah
0: they go to to nationals and Mm -hmm. it's uh i think that that's i mean i asked eric a question i asked him like when you were at nationals like what was the difference and he said this is like a whole new level and Mm -hmm. it's like the brightest minds right Mm -hmm. that we have nationally go into one place to come up with these ideas how how incredibly amazing is this
4: I so think
3: it's one really the... nice that the alumni came back to talk to the yeah, kids too and to be an inspiration.
4: Mm-hmm. So when we went around to the teams, I went with Rebecca, who who is the,
3: um, is she the executive chairman
4: director or director? We're not I'm sure. we going to She's, she's the lady that. in charge. She's
3: the one in charge. Yeah, she's in charge. She's supposed to be retired, and she says she does this once a year. It's it's fun for her, but boy, it's a lot of work. It's, yes. like, it's like her halftime free job. Yeah, so
4: her <laughs> husband actually worked for General Motors, and mm. they have their retirement banquet at our Chevrolet store. And that's how we became involved with this is we were hosting one of their meetings and they came to us and said, Hey, we have this great thing. We would love for you to sponsor the transportation side of it. And it's, I've been a judge. This is my third year and it's one of my favorite things that I do to volunteer my time each year. Mm,
0: I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you again to the John Elway dealer group for Making this possible, and Denise, it's always a pleasure. And I love it that you come here and lend your expertise and your Aww. and and you know you hold space so well when you MC and you you know you, you bring a level of, of credibility and just real raw feminine power. Thank so you. thank that's you, that's
3: sweet. You don't get told that very often. So <laughs> I, I've, I've never been told that. So I really well, appreciate. Well, there you go. go. Thank that's you. How, I mean I've
0: been at many events. We sit together when you speak, and I've I've seen you in process, and it matters a lot. So thank you for doing it. Oh,
3: you're a sweetheart. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And guys, we will be back with the teams
0: all right so the news is in we have the finalists And I'm really excited to be speaking to, now I'm calling you team number two because I'm going to let each of you (laughs) (laughs) talk about, oh, I just, I mean, they just reminded me that they're number one, which we don't know yet, but they are one of the finalists. So why don't we go ahead and start at my right? And Lauren, is it Lauren? Yeah. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what school you're from. I'm Lauren Paulson and I'm from Liberty Classical Academy. Great. And then we have...
5: Aubrey Morton from Liberty Classical Your Academy. Your same school, yes, yeah. and? Evelyn Morton from Liberty Classical Academy. Okay, and so how old are you? Abby? Ten.
0: Ten. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> she had to pause for a minute. I think she wasn't sure if she was 11 or 12, or maybe, are you turning 13 soon? She's turning Both. 13 in like a couple months. Okay. So confusing. It's confusing. And it's also stressful to get behind her microphone, so let me just say thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So, how are you guys feeling? Um, confident. And that's Evie. Yeah. So maybe say your name first, so our listeners know which one of you is speaking. You're feeling confident. No, who said that? <laughs> Me. I see. Yeah, Aubrey. Aubrey. You're feeling confident. Okay. That's good. I love to hear that. Um, Evie, how are you feeling? Um. Well, usually when people tell me that I'll do great, I
5: speak confident and say I know, but I don't feel that way, actually. I'm
0: really nervous about it. I think you're going to do great. And Lauren, how are you feeling? Super nervous and excited. Yes, that's a good feeling. Listen, I want to tell you guys, there is something about nerves that are actually... Important because it shows you that what you're doing is important. If you weren't nervous, it would mean you didn't really care about what's happening and that your investment of time and effort in this project wouldn't be that important. So I want to tell you that, you know, nerves and getting it really excited is actually part of what makes this so amazing. Yes? That makes sense?
3: Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs)
0: So I would love to hear about your project. Who would like to tell me about it? Okay, let's go, Lauren. Tell us about your project. We built a model, wrote an essay, some yes. city. Some city, what's the name of your city? McKeeley. Spell that? M-I-K-E-I-L-I. And what is what is your city based on? Malta. Say that again? It's in current time, Malta. In current time, Malta. Yeah. It's based upon the, the uh, Malta itself. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and tell us about what did you do? What did you build into your city? Trojan horse say that again the Trojan horse I'm just gonna ask you to move a little closer the Trojan horse okay, yes keep it's, going. it's an art museum okay 75 inches tall 75 inches tall okay and what issue what what is the primary issue that you are addressing in your project water scarcity okay and how are you solving that uh, with our two filters, the dehumidification filter and the citrullis filter. And how did you guys come up with this idea? What is the research that you did? She
5: researched the dehumidification filter and then- Who's she? We're talking Lauren. uh, Lauren, Lauren. um, And the citrullis filter is Mm. based off of the Berkey filter. It's a bigger form of that,
0: basically. That is amazing. And how did you do that?
5: Well, I realized Malta, they have a lot of humidity. And it's, like, horrible to live there. So it's basically just a dehumidifier, just bigger.
0: Mm. Yeah, so do you see one of the bigger issues in certain parts of the world in the future being too much humidity? Not too little? I mean, with all the climate change here. Right. Yes. What else? What else do you have to tell us about your project, Evie? It's Evie. Evie. Oh, my gosh. If I've been calling it, thank you. Um, I said Evie. It's Evie. I would just prefer to call you Evelyn so I don't forget. Is that okay? okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Um, what is your favorite part?
5: My favorite part about, like... The city
0: or yeah, the whole like future city like well let's talk about your project still and then we'll talk about the uh, the experience you're having so what's your favorite part of your specific project probably our SEMA train mmm tell us about that it
5: is a engineless and noiseless train that uses magnetic levitation it the main power source is located on our model uh, it's um What it looks like is just like this magnet that hooks onto this magnetic glass and it kind of just floats almost and spins around. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, actually it is really amazing. I took a picture of it and just posted it on my Instagram stories because it's one of my favorite parts of what I've seen today. It's really brilliant. Who came up with that idea?
5: Um, For the train? Yeah, for the train. It was Aubrey mainly. Yeah, I kind of was like, I saw it. I was looking at trains and like futuristic transportation, and the maglev came up. So I was like, let's just rename that and make it sound cooler.
0: Yeah, you did. It was a good job. How many of you are there on your team? Seven, I believe. Yeah, I think
6: so.
5: I think seven. (laughs) We have um, a kid in fifth grade who is mainly an observer. So I never know if I should count him as a team member
0: or not. I think he counts. I think he counts. I mean, observing is, is helping, right? Yeah.
5: He also did help. He's the one who made our Sama train on, like, that's on the track on our model. He, I think, was also the person who decided to use the um, glass magnet as the... He decided that it would look cool with our Sama train since it does use magnetic levitation. And I think just recently we decided to make it be the power source for it.
0: mm, I love that. Well, listen, ladies, I want to, first of all, congratulate you for being one of the finalists in, in this regional competition of Future City. I really, really, really love your project, and I know that so many people are learning from you. You know, you are setting information and creativity forward that directs how we solve some of the biggest problems in our in our world now so thank you guys very much for participating and thank you for being on the podcast and i wish you the best of luck thank you thank you thank you I'm really excited because we are now gonna hear about the project from the students from the Colorado Academy in Denver. We have Annabelle, Elena, and Graham with me. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank Thank you. you. So Graham, I'm gonna start with you. Um, First of all, tell me how old you are and what what made you wanna get involved in this project?
7: Um, I'm 14 years old and I really joined this project because I loved engineering and I wanted to have more opportunities to think of ideas and just create things And just kind of brainstorm and throw ideas around and just be creative. Which is a very good reason to get involved. Yeah.
0: Are there a lot of opportunities like this at the Colorado Academy? Uh, Yeah,
7: I think so. If you're really interested in engineering and inventing, there definitely are uh, opportunities.
0: One thing, so I interviewed Eric, I know you guys are going to listen to this podcast when it comes out, but I interviewed Eric before he spoke. And one thing he said to me is that engineering isn't all about math and science. There are more important components to that. And have you found that as well?
7: Uh, Yeah, actually, I think that a huge part of engineering is just being creative, because if you just follow the rules... You're not going to solve the problems as well. It may, you may solve them eventually, but if you're really creative, you can get to the solution much faster. Take the shortcut.
0: Which is why we're so excited that you guys are all involved because you're bringing like this fresh youth brain power to solve these problems, which is amazing. So, Elena, tell me yeah. why did you, first of all, tell us how old you are and why you got involved.
8: I'm 14, and I got involved because my teacher, Mrs. Kirkman, had done it in, at her old school, and she told me about it, and I thought it was just like, really
0: cool. And so I told her that she should do it next year. And then she did. Yeah. So it's nice to have a champion. So your school had a champion to actually be able to do this program at your school, right? Does your school absorb some of the costs to participate or or, are your families or your communities paying for your project to be completed? Do you know? maybe they're they 're not sure that 's okay. I just asked a very adult question, so that 's okay I see their, I see their teachers sitting over there um, I asked, my my question was is does the school fund the work of this project um, they 're shaking their heads yes okay so that's so it's really important to have a champion inside the school and you know I didn't think about it. I should have interviewed i 'm pointing to the teachers. I should have interviewed you guys, but i didn't that 's okay we 'll do that later um, okay, so Annabelle, how old are you and, and wait Elena did I add, I did you did answer why you were involved Annabelle tell us your age and what made you decide to become involved
9: um I'm 13 and I decided to become involved because I love science and I knew that a huge part of this project was science and so I was just so excited that I would get to work on
0: science even more outside of school so what part of science is intriguing to you
9: I love all science, but especially life sciences. Um, I'm fascinated by, like, how the human mind works and how the human body functions. So, I mean, everything about this project was perfect.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so, Graham, I'm taking it back to you, and I would like you to tell us about your city that you created and what, the fa- what your favorite part is about what you guys developed in your project.
7: Um, I think my favorite part is the way that we've kind of used... Um, a ton of different sources to gather energy, and we've kind of hidden them in plain sight. Like, we've put uh, solar panels in glass in all of the windows in the glass in our city, and because we have tons of golf courses in Palm Springs, previously Palm Springs, now Monzi Springs, um, all of that turf was converted into solar sod, which has photovoltaic rays in the uh, blades of grass, and that collects the sun's energy and puts it into our grid.
0: That is absolutely incredible. Does that technology exist today? It probably could, but not at the moment. Okay, so you basically just developed a potential idea to solve energy, a source to energy. Maybe. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. See, and he's smiling and I'm smiling. This is wonderful. Okay, so Elena, um, what, what what do you think is the most critical part of your project to be able to address energy in the way that you have? To be able to address energy or just Mm -hmm. the project... (laughs) <laughs> you could, I mean, you can answer that question and what feels best to you. So do you feel like the solar panels is w- one component of it, right? That's been yes. built into the windows of the buildings and you've built it into turf. Yes. Is there any other sources of energy in your project? Well, we also have wind
8: turbines outside of our city as a backup in case it's not sunny, except for um, Amanzi Springs has 350 days of sunshine. So... Mostly our turf and our um, solar glass can provide for all our energy for our city year round.
0: And we also have backup batteries just in case too. So in your city, there's only two days of non-sun. 15, yeah, 15. Yeah, 15, how many, 665, so there was my math. I'm an adult, I clearly don't study (laughs) math. (laughs) In those 15 days in your city, what is the
8: weather? And Well, there, we get five inches of rain per year, which isn't that much.
0: And yeah, but it's mostly just sunny. It's mostly just sunny. Yeah. And so, Annabelle, um, do you address the lack of rainfall in your city?
9: Um, we do address that lack of rainfall. Um, when we first started this project, we chose Palm Springs because it is seen as one of the cities in the U.S. that uses the most water per year. It is a desert resort town. Um, they have like 120 golf courses and almost every backyard has a pool. So another one of the technologies we created to help us deal with this water waste was aquagel. And I invented it use by bonding a silicon atom to two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom and by doing that the water can't evaporate so we are not losing any water due to that.
4: Aha, uh-huh.
0: man that is just And does that technology exist today?
9: Um no, it does not exist
0: today. Yeah, you guys are amazing. So let's 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 talk a little bit about this process of Future City. So I'll stick with you, Annabelle. Um, what has this been like, and how are you feeling about being one of the finalists?
9: Um, it's been amazing. I it's just been so fun to get to work with all of my friends outside of class, and. Um, just work on such a fun project together. We're all we all love science and math and creativity, and we just this project was perfect for us. Mm. Um, we're definitely nervous right
0: now. We haven't presented yet, so that's stressful. Well, you did you you've done the first round. You made, yes, made it through the first round, so you're it. in the fi- yes, you one of the finals, finals. Yeah, and. Let me ask you how many how many students have been involved in this project with you?
9: Um we have 19 members. 19?
0: 9. 9. Oh, I was going to say cuz 19 was a lot. I look at the teacher and yeah. I'm like, "You brave soul." No, 9, nine <laughs> still feels like a lot. Okay, great. That's wonderful. And I'm really and, and you guys have been selected as the representatives? Uh yes. Okay. So, Elena, how yeah? how are you feeling about doing this final presentation on stage in front of judges and you have, you know, some well-known public figures here today and and you're on a podcast. I mean, how are you feeling? <laughs> I mean, I'm really nervous for the presentation,
8: but I like I know our presentation well. It's just really nerve wracking because I really want to be able to go to D.C. because That would be such a fun experience with like all my friends and we would be, be able to keep doing this for longer. And so it's it's really
0: nerve wracking, but I'm excited. So Elena, let me ask you a question. Um, Have you guys, do you, just the three of you present, or do all nine of you go on stage to present? Just the three of us present, but all nine of us work, like, behind the scenes every practice. And so would all nine of you go to D.C. if you were to compete in nationals as well? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm still getting up to speed on the whole process of the next step for you guys. And so,
7: Graham, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling a bit nervous, but I'm pretty excited, kind of energetic, but that might be the seven Tootsie rules. That could totally be the seven Tootsie Rules. I can understand. I mean I have I have a stack of
0: cookies in front of me, so I feel ya. You need you need energy source. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanna congratulate the three of you on is that you are very well spoken. You are putting yourself out there in a way that a lot of students your age don't do and regardless of what happens with your project I want to just really honor the fact that you guys are sitting behind microphones right now you're going on a major stage you're putting yourself out there to proceed in a project in a way that could potentially change the world so if, if you haven't been told enough let me be one of the additional people to tell you that you guys are amazing and I'm, I'm super proud that there are students like you that are willing to learn these important skills at such a young age
8: thank, so, you. thank you thank
0: you guys for coming on the show and best of Good luck.
8: Thank you. Thank
7: you.
0: So we are still speaking with the finalists at Future City, and I'm super excited to be sitting down now with the Colorado Association of Black Professional Engineers and Scientists. And I'm gonna hear more about their program, but what I find is interesting is these students are actually from different schools. So I'm gonna start from one side of me and introduce Corey. Please introduce yourself, first and last name, what school you're from, and your age.
10: Um, my name is Corey Hill. I go to DSST Conservatory Green, and I am f- 14 years old.
11: Amazing. And Rahil. Hey, hello. Uh, my name is Rahil Shah. I go to Cherry Creek Charter Academy. I'm in eighth grade, and I'm 13 years old. Amazing. Thank you.
12: And Jamil. I'm Jamil Butler, and I'm from Laredo Middle School, and I'm in the eighth grade, and I'm 13 years old.
0: Interesting. Jamil, both of my children went to Laredo and Smoky Hill. Yeah, I know. Small world. He's just surprised right there. I just surprised him. All right. So, guys, you are one of the finalists for today's competition. So here's what I want my listeners to hear from you. I want them to know what issue you addressed in your project. Tell us about your project. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about the experience. So first, I'm going to start with how many members are there in your team? Six. There are six in total, and I have three of you. Thank you very much for joining me. And um, why
10: don't we start with Corey. Tell us about what is the issue you're addressing in your project. Um, One of our biggest issues was the volcano. And if it were to erupt the ash, that would contaminate the water. Um, Another issue that we talked about was lines to get onto our trains because they are very important to our city The lines can be pretty long, but our biggest threat was the volcano. Okay, so tell us what
0: city is your city created after?
10: um Our city's name is Tropicana, and really it's a chain of islands, so it was kind of based off like Japan, how it's, or like Hawaii. The Caribbean
0: islands. Ah,
10: gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the volcano is is the most serious issue, which means environmentally, if the volcano erupts, then there's going to be a challenge in environmentally.
10: Yes, ma'am.
0: And you also address transportation. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to move over to Rahil. So tell me a little bit about the transportation that you've created in your project.
11: Yes, absolutely. So uh, throughout each island, we have a ele- elevated train which takes you from building to building. And from island to island, we have a Magla bullet train with top speeds of 270 miles per hour. So you can get to island to island in in under seven minutes. Uh, for the elderly... Uh, elderly for old people, we have... I have to laugh. That's
0: really... Hey, that's good. For old know, people, for the elderly, yeah. that's good. Yeah.
11: Um, the old people, we have special buses for them, uh, which run throughout the city. We also have roads, and these are strictly for buses and um, emergency vehicles, like uh, police, uh, police cars, fire trucks, and ambulances to get to uh, emergencies faster.
0: So no civilian vehicles in your project? No. Interesting. Okay. But there
12: are roads if you want to. And ride this is in your Jamil
0: car. Okay, go ahead. So tell us again, what did you just say?
12: But there are roads if you want to ride in your car, if you want to bring
0: one or Okay, so one. Th- so cars are available in your project? Yes. Not recommended. Not recommended. So so you guys are addressing the environmental issue by cutting out regular people to people transportation. You're only leaving transportation in terms of buses for the elderly. And emergency vehicles, is that correct?
11: Yes. We we also have community buses. Um, okay. So, so if people need to, uh, you know, if they don't need to wait in line for a train to get to, like, like a grocery store, then they can just take a bus. And then, because gotcha. many people, because the, the trains are the main source of transportation, so you can also take the bus.
0: Okay, so Jamil, let me ask you, tell us about the elevated train system that goes between the islands. So if it's only like seven minutes to get from island to island, um, that's like a high speed yeah. above ground train. Yes. How are you going to build a structure over water? Okay, so the posts
12: go the posts go really down deep into the ground so they don't wiggle and have the train unstable. So it just runs smoothly over the water of the posts that hold it up.
0: So you in your in your project, the posts are going into the bottom of the ocean floor. Yes. Brilliant. That's smart. Okay. And so, Corey, tell me, tell me why you guys are concerned about the lines for your trains. Why does that concern you?
10: Um, it concerns us because there's people who have to get to work, and there's and everybody has to be on time to work. So if the lines are pretty far back, that can slow you down from getting there on time. Um, but I feel like that's a problem in any city cause they have traffic and it's the same thing. So basically a way to also solve that is just to leave your house on time.
0: Yeah. Or give yourself extra time. I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I want to tell you guys that there's a, I read this article recently that says being on time means being 15 minutes early. Yes. Being that's there, what my grandma always says. Yes. And being at a place on time means you're late. So I'm just saying, I—I I mean, just because I have young minds in front of me, I just have to lecture just a little bit. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I know Rahil, you have something to share with us.
11: Yeah. So our trains are actually free, and um. so many people will have lines because they're free, and this is because that. It's it's our main source of transportation. Like if we if you're limited on cars because they're not recommended, you can but you know you're gonna have to go through our laws saying okay you're driving a car, and you're gonna produce and uh, greenhouse gases, but because they're free, uh, you might be wondering how we get our money from. Well, our water system actually we each individual each household has a limited water supply, so people don't waste water and that water just we can reuse that water, um, if, which is not used. And if they, if they go over, if they need more water, they will have to pay for that water.
0: This is amazing. I really love that you guys are addressing some of the most critical issues facing the future of our, our, our planet. So this is really wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing. And John Mill, I want to hear from you about what this experience has been like. You've made friends from new schools. You guys have come together and created this project. I mean, how do you feel about that?
12: It's really cool. There were a couple of Arguments in the
0: beginning, but we worked it out and everybody's saying. Yes, by the way, every single person standing around <laughs> With this team. They're all like, oh, yes <laughs> Which is normal, right? You have you yeah. to figure it out and sometimes we don't always agree
12: And uh, there was a couple disagreements, but we worked it
11: out We're here. We did it Wonderful, and uh, how are you feeling Rahil? Well, this is actually our first time uh, mm. participating so we don't know what it's like, but it's been a very good experience. Um, our teachers were amazing. They taught us, taught, uh, taught us a lot of new things, mm. how to work together as a team, research, um, working just together with different people you've never met and you know, getting to know them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that that's great. And it's wonderful that you guys have such strong direction and mentorship. I I think that's awesome. And so, Corey, tell me, what is the thing that sets you apart from the other teams? Why do you think that your project should win?
10: Um, I think our project should win because we've taken a lot of thought to the minor details in our community basis. We've also put in a lot of hard time and effort to do research on why. We should have trains rather than cars. So, we've been using a lot of innovative um, thoughts and we've been putting all our ideas together to make one huge project. Um, Is there anything anyone would
0: like to
11: add? I mean, anybody else? Any other thing? I think uh, we should win because, as Corey said, we put in a lot of hard work. We've, we've had to travel a long distance. Uh, well, not really long, but we had to travel to lower campus. And all of us had to be on time. And then we had to research, had to do anything. We also had homework we had to complete. And we put in a lot of hard work into um, researching and building and uh, having doing the essay in the same city. And I think we should win because, you know, hard work is... Yeah should be on own. It, it counts
0: it counts and you know take it from someone who is an entrepreneur i own my own company i address some of the significant challenges that exist between how companies invest in their communities and what nonprofits and charities they support and i host a podcast to bring the voice of students like yourselves and other entrepreneurs to the world and i work hard so i understand still today that that is important and i so appreciate it that at your young ages you guys are putting in that effort already so kudos to you and And listen, uh, my best wishes for you guys. Good luck. Thank Thank you. Thank you for joining me. We're now going to talk to the students from peak to peak. And it's interesting because they actually want to talk and share their project, which I'm super proud of and excited to introduce you to them. And so why don't we start with Violet. Tell us your age and what your favorite part of your project is. Um, I'm 12 years old. And my favorite
1: part of the project, I think, was actually creating the ideas, basically, because... It was just so fun to come up with these imaginary ideas and try to make them like come to life. So you feel like you got to tap into your
0: creativity like an artist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I Actually, love that. I'm really interested in art right now. See, I knew that. Yeah. That makes them totally make sense. <laughs> um, and so we have Ty next. Yeah. Tell I, us about yourself. I am twelve. Um and
13: I would say my favorite part of the project was yeah, probably uh, creating the ideas because I, I personally see myself as a as an engineer. Um, that's what I want to be in my future. Um, and I don't know, I, I like expressing my ideas a lot. I like it especially when I can then put it into something, you know, like have it be heard because a lot of times you know, for whatever reason like there's not time, there's not much to actually put it into. But then when I have a team, I feel like I can Um, express my ideas
0: more and I How old are you again Ty? 12 Okay so you're like a 40 year old man in a 12 year old's body like you speak like like an adult so nice to meet you. Thank you. That's
14: so exciting Thank you.
0: And then um, on my other side I have Penelope and Josephine and they're going to be sharing a mic so we might have a little pause as we pass the mic back and forth but let's start with Penelope. Um, Tell us your age and what has excited you about participating in this project? Um, I am 12 and
15: I was really excited when, um, we actually got to build it.
0: Oh, okay. You like the actual construction part? Yes. Oh, exciting. Very cool. Okay. And Josephine? I'm 11 and I also liked putting it together. Did you guys actually, what, what materials did you use to create your project? Um, mostly all recycled things except for the tubing which we bought okay so I am going to stay with Josephine for a minute Josephine there was a spending limit right on how much actual dollars you could use to build your project and the rest had to be items that you found in the community (laughs) what was that limit a hundred dollars so you only had a hundred dollars to spend and you guys spent that on tubing for your project yeah, but we only spent, I think it was $14 of it. Holy God, Zooks. I mean, you guys are amazing. Okay, so I'm going to continue with you, Josephine, for a few minutes longer. Tell me, tell me about your project. Like, what is the, What issue are you addressing?
15: Um, we're addressing um, the water amount in Colorado. So since we don't have that much water and there's still more people coming here, mm. um, we need more water in our state, and we're addressing that issue.
0: Yeah, that's a really important issue. I mean, Colorado's a dry state. We, you know, have 300 days of sun a year, and as our climate continues to change, we know that that's going to change, and I'm sure you guys researched it, but we bring water in right from other from other parts of the state into all cities. In fact, I found it really interesting that there is cities in Aurora that bring water in from over 100 miles away because they don't have any water in their city itself. Did you know that? No. Yeah, it's really... So anyway, I'm excited to hear about this. So let's go to Penelope. Okay, so Penelope, I would love to hear about how you guys addressed the lack of water supply in our dry state.
15: What we did was we're taking um, water from lakes and mountains, but... We're not we're not taking that much because our buildings are coated in artificial frog skin biomimicry, so frogs can kind can, can absorb water, and we can use that to have more water instead of taking more from
0: the mountain lake. Oh wow, that is amazing! Does that technology exist today? Have we found a way to replicate frog skin in other ways? Um, it is being researched
15: on planes to help when it flies through a cold cloud, how it doesn't get iced over.
0: Mm. What is the name of your city? Misty Overlook. Misty Overlook. And where is that? Is that based upon a city in Colorado now? No, it's just a... we'll get to we're going to so that's fine it's just interesting you guys are hearing me kind of rambled because I'm I'm looking and making motions with my hands and you can't see me so um, I'll leave that question Penelope um, for now and so Ty I'm going to come to you and ask you what other area in your project addresses water
13: um we use again you know the frog skin biomimicry um that's most of our water I would say um Yeah, there's—we use most of it. Of course, we will use water from rivers and lakes if we have to. You know, that's kind of inevitable a lot of times. But um, other than that, not really. That's kind of our main—we were thinking of uh, the Dillon Lake area um, in—
0: what it's called. Yeah, in Colorado, like in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so did you guys address, so is the tubing that you purchased, Ty, is that to address how to transport the water? Uh, Yes. Okay. And did you include any sort of vegetation or additional environmental issues? Uh,
13: Yes, we did. Um, Our,
0: the kind of goal of our city was
13: to, you know, use water like a precious resource, which it is, but not as much as it is being um, like, right now. Like consumed, you mean, or how yeah. much it's being used? How much it's being used. And, okay. yes, consumed, too. Um, but we have also centered it on, like, zero emissions, kind of like the green, a green city. Um, we use... Um, um, Did you use trains or buses or... Yes, we do use uh, maglevs um, for transportation. It stands for magnetic levitation. Um, Mm. That's our main source of transportation. Interesting, Um, okay. And we also do have greenery on our roofs Mm. um, and that type of...
0: um, Somewhere in that like ballpark. Feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, smart. So yeah. that's smart. And so, Violet, do you, did your project include like individual civilian vehicles on the road? Um, we weren't technically
1: aiming for that. We wanted to create t- transportation where we did not use too much energy or how gas pollutes the earth, so, or air. Um, but, Not necessarily. Like the maglev trains, that's what we were aiming for.
0: Right. That's your primary source of transportation. Yeah. So listen guys I know that you didn't make it into the finalists this year no. but you know what you guys created some really amazing solutions I love yeah. the fact that you used a product that is already being researched for technology use right now and we all know how important water is because the truth is without water we all die and so the fact that you guys address that in your project is absolutely amazing so what is going to be next for you are you planning for next year already um uh, yes. yes yeah of yes. course I yeah.
1: would yeah. like right. to I also want to get into more of the I don't know artsy yeah part of it but I think I really enjoyed it it was really fun so see yeah.
0: you guys your team you have the decorator for your project right here she's, she's right. just she's just volunteered herself a role I, I think you should put that down in your notes for it <laughs> well listen great job today guys thank you so much for being willing to come on the show and yeah, share you. your project and we hope to see you next year thank, thank you thank you yeah. Okay, so the fourth team that has gone on to the finalists, who has actually already presented their final presentation and are waiting to hear how they did, are with me now. I have Eric, Jackson 1, Cameron, and Jackson 2. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hello. I'm very excited to hear about your project.
6: Thank you. I for think having
0: I think you guys are like the calmest of the groups, and that's because you guys have already finished your big presentation. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, the pressure's off. The
16: pressure's well,
6: off. So for us, we literally—they told us we had to go grab it and go right in. We didn't even have like two minutes to like make a plan.
16: We didn't know there would be another presentation. Yes, we did.
6: What? What? Yes, we yeah. did. I think. Yeah, we knew. Did.
0: I think you guys did it. <laughs> okay, well, you guys let one of your team members fall. He didn't know. No, I, I know. So what they did was, for those of you listening that aren't here, what they did was they called up the four finalist teams onto the stage, and they said, team number one, you stay. You're going to present right now. Everybody else leaves so you don't hear the questions. So I will tell you, though, there's something positive in that, and that is that you guys didn't have time to be nervous. No. You didn't have time to, like, stress about it. You got to go right in. So actually, yeah. I might think that that's a gift. Yeah. Actually, I'm
6: glad we got to go first. See, I agree. Just want. No, we're done.
0: Done. Yeah. It felt better to get over with it. I'll tell you something funny that um, I teach I teach different types of fitness classes. And as an instructor, we go through our own tests and certifications all the time. And when we're in a group of people and they ask who wants to go first, I raise my hand to get it done first. Even though I know that maybe if I had a second to think about it, I might do it better. But the nerves are worse. So you yes. guys got a gift. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to start with Eric. Eric, tell us your age, and. You guys are from the Hill Campus of Arts and Science. Yeah. And, Eric, tell me your age and a little bit more about why you decided to participate in this project. Um, So
16: I'm 13, and so we had this thing where we would sign up for advisories in our school. And I read the description, and I thought it sounded really interesting. And we talked about it, and we thought that would be a cool idea to do it. And then we just got into the project and never stopped.
0: Love it. And it sounds to me like you have enjoyed this process immensely.
16: Yeah, it's been pretty stressful recently, but... Why, why been, recently? That was when we were finishing up our model. We've been staying after school every day. Right. So extra work. Yeah.
0: Extra work. But, and, I'll say and instead of but, and, that's part of what you signed up for.
16: Yeah. it right? is. And the Sim City was really fun to do because we were able to build the entire city and see what it was like. Okay, so Jackson,
0: number one, moving on to you. Sorry to add the one and two on there, but just for clarity purposes. And by the way, the reason why I'm saying your names is when you're listening to a podcast as a listener, you cannot tell who is talking. So I want our listeners to know which one of you is answering the questions, because sometimes the voices can sound similar. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. So tell us, Jackson, number one, about... About your city What is the name of it And was it based upon A city that already exists So
6: our city was Miami And I think you can tell From that It was based off Another city It was based off Miami which is in Florida And Our city was pretty much It was pretty similar We definitely focused On like tourism And attracting like A lot of Not We didn't want like Industry We wanted more commercial And retail And like high end Because that's what Miami is like
0: Mm, So you based upon the model of Miami as it is now. Yes. What is the environmental issue that you addressed in your project?
6: In our project, so the water issue, because Miami fully relies on like water from the ocean, which they have to desalinize, which is very expensive and is not good for the environment or they import it from other places, or they get it from aquifers in the Everglades. But the wa- ocean water is going into those, making those salt water. And this is all very expensive and not good for the environment. So we decided to use rainwater From because Miami gets over 65 inches of rain a year.
0: Aha. Okay, so that's brilliant. So let's move on to Cameron. Um, Cameron, can you tell us uh, what is the process of converting rainwater into a drinkable water?
17: Well, it's pretty simple. We um, have um, um, sites to collect water all around the city, on top of buildings, on top of water towers, just anywhere we can put them. Um, And we run that through filters and we have... Um, filters spaced out through our water system just to make sure the water stays clean the whole way and then we just um, run the water under the roads to people's houses and that's about it people can even um, put their own water collection systems on on their houses Um, that way they don't have to pay for water from the city and if they have extra they can even sell it back to the city to make sure that there's enough water for everyone
0: So that's interesting. So that part felt new. Now, so far, a lot of what you've shared with me is technology that already exists, right? So what part of your project is new technology? Yes, I'm totally putting you guys under the spot. Oh, and by the way, for those of you listening, both Cameron and Jackson, too, are sharing a mic. So in between questions, there'll be a little pause so they can share the mic. Let's move this over to Jackson number two. Let's hear what you have to say about what is new technology that you've built into your project that um, maybe doesn't exist or isn't prevalent. What like What's what's new in your project?
7: Um, some new technologies that we have are the
0: water collection facilities and the filters that we have spacing out through the pipes it will allow there to be cleaner water than there has been ever before in Miami and for there to be more abundant water in Miami. And so in your model, you guys have made it available for houses to collect their own water and actually sell it back to the city. <laughs> Sorry, I have to just do it. I have to just like giggle at that because that is, first of all, that's smart, number one. And number two, that's also going to make people in their own houses be more conscious of their water consumption.
7: Yeah, it's going to also have people want to sell water back to their city more so that they can get more money for
0: themselves right. and become richer and happier in their lifestyles. Yeah, that's that's good. Um Okay, so Jackson, we're still on Jackson number two. What is your last name, by the way? Instead of uh, two, Jackson I should just give you a name. Jackson Lair. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know why I just didn't go by your last names instead of um, one and two. That's like, I just gave you guys a number, but that's okay. Yeah. So Jackson Lair, what has this pro- participating in this project been like for you? And how old are you? Um, I'm 14, and it's been a great experience. I've gotten to know my friends better and learn their strengths and weaknesses and... What they're capable of. Aww. Aww. And did Ooh. your did your did your team? Um, did you guys have any disagreements in the process? All the time. Uh, uh, like yeah. every day. Oh we had my. many so every
6: day. We probably
0: weird. on the way here we had
6: disagreements. Oh, we did.
0: Yeah, like even walking over here.
6: No, okay, not walking. <laughs> Um, But we probably So we started the model Okay,
0: so we're talking to Jackson 1 What's your last name? Bitzer Bitzer,
6: okay So Bitzer and Lair So we started the model About five days ago And we've probably spent Around 13 hours in total So it's been Because for the rest of the The whole Future City project We started fairly early Like in September But for the model We started it so late So we've been kind of Rushing about that And just arguing about What we're going to do And everything And we've ended up here. Yeah. Somehow in fourth place. Yeah. So far. Well, <laughs> well not top, we four, top, top four. four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, on my list, you guys are number one. Just so you know, you were team one. So, <laughs> just saying. Um, okay. So, let me switch it back to Cameron. And Cameron, I want to ask you a question because I know that one thing I find really interesting is a way to level the playing field for students to participate regionally from any area and any income background is that there's a cap at $100 on supplies and what did you guys spend your hundred dollars on
17: well we actually didn't even spend it all we spent it on um pumps and tubing but a lot of the and materials and a piece of insulation okay and yeah and some insulation Thank t- you, for Eric. the base of our project right um but most of the materials we used were actually recycled. We used a lot of recycled cardboard boxes, lots of just like chunks of styrofoam was what a lot of our buildings were made out of. So a lot of our city, we just used recycled recycled materials,
0: and we were actually under our budget. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Because when I originally heard that about this project, I thought that it was, um, I thought it was really, I thought it was really crazy that that was part of it. Because I think that if you were to be able to put more dollars into it, it would expand it. But I, I would I would like to say that actually all of your projects are good regardless. Now, do you plan on spending any of that money or do you have to spend part of that money on shipping your final product to D.C.? Because listen, if you guys win and you're going to nationals, you know, you got to get your project from here to there. Are you
6: prepared for that? So this is Jackson Bitzer. But um, so we were kind of thinking like because the Eric, one of the judges said that yeah. they brought theirs on the plane. I mean, And
16: TSA totally disassembled it, so they had to put it back together. security
6: at the airport. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could either ship it, drive it, or fly it. But I, mean, I don't
17: think it would have to come out of our budget. And that's Cameron. Okay. And you don't do, think so? I I don't think so, no. I do think do it's do you, just for building the model that that's...
0: Yeah, the they do give for.
16: you $500 if you win to help you with expenses so that could
0: help us if we needed to get that to DC yeah and that's Eric and so Eric do, will your school help pay for will your school actually pay for your travel if you guys make it to nationals
6: is, that's a very good question I have no idea that's a Sorry, I just, I
0: just <laughs> asked in a very adult question to a non-adult well, room <laughs> and I understand yes yeah, so that's that's unknown but let me ask you anybody that wants to answer this question why is your project better than the others? And why do you think that you should win?
6: Um, well, I think ours is a little more unique. Like, all the pro- projects are very different. Like, there's, we use a lot more recycled materials, I believe. Like, our schools have so much just paper. So we use just paper and cardboard. Cause, and also, I think ours was much bigger. We're one of the few projects that almost hit the height limit. And we also... And like, length and width. When we present- when we presented though, we also- I personally believe we had one of the better presentations and we answered the questions more fully. And I think it's going to come down to the presentation.
0: Yeah, because I I will admit that the four of you, how many, well, first of all, how many members are there in your team in total? Four. Just us. So just the four of you. So you guys are very well spoken. I can see that when you guys are on stage that you probably present very well. I mean, it's almost like you guys are adults. Actually, you speak better than some adults that I know. (laughs) Thank you. I'm just saying. Yes. That is definitely something you have in your favor. And anything else you guys want to add?
16: Well, something that I've noticed about the other cities is that it seems like a lot of their models are more built for way in the future, but ours is one that we feel could be implemented today to help the water situation.
0: Which is why I asked you if you guys had brand new technology in your project, because that really is, that's an important facet that you just added, um, was that you guys have, you have created a project that just has maybe some tactical parts of it that could be implemented in a variety of cities, not just in Miami, but in coastal towns that rely upon um, salt water, right? Yes. their yes. water source. yeah.
6: Cause that's also why I like this project. There wasn't a full guideline cause you can tell like some of the cities, are using are definitely based 200 years like ahead and they're using technologies that people we may not ever receive or may not ever be able to create.
17: Yeah I, I feel like we're just we're using current technology stuff that can't exist now but just in, in innovative ways that allow us
0: to try to solve the water problem using stuff that exists now amazing thank you guys so much i really appreciate you you being willing to come on and talk to us and listen thanks best of luck i won't i won't i won't (laughs) be able to interview whoever does win but i will put it in the show notes and we really appreciate you guys sharing your message and being willing to be so creative and learn the new skills of presenting in front of a large group and coming behind this microphone and just being very forward thinking you know from adults like me i'm really grateful for you so thank you thank Thank you you thanks for having us on yeah So, you guys have been listening to this podcast today where I have been speaking to all of these really amazing students who are so gifted in not not only being able to be creative and look at the world problems that we face and coming up with solutions, but the way that they present themselves, not just on this podcast and sitting behind the microphone, but the fact that they're going on stage and in front of judges to present their concepts is, I mean, I am absolutely blown away, and I know that we've only spoken to five of the teams, and there were several that participated, but I wanted to just really get to the finalists so you guys could hear what was going on today. And I want you to hear from Rebecca, who is, she's actually the regional coordinator for this program. And I think Rebecca, we talked about you earlier and we called you like the executive director, the founder. Whatever. We, so <laughs> we gave you a whole bunch of titles. We weren't okay. sure what it was, but it's Rebecca. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you you're for, you're welcome. thank you for taking, I know this has been a crazy busy day yeah, for you. It is pretty busy. Um, but I wanted to have a few minutes to hear from you about why you're involved. And yes, we just heard them clap, which means they're calling her. So we, we only have a few minutes. I want to know how you got involved and why do you think this, Matters
14: so much what you're doing. So I got involved about 20 years ago in, in Future City, and I was living in Michigan at the time. So I volunteered at Future City in Michigan, which um, so I volunteered and mentored and judged and did some stuff there. And then moved retired to Colorado and found there wasn't a Future City. And I'm like, well, I'm an engineer. How come we don't? We have all these engineers in Colorado. How come we don't have, you know, Future City in Colorado? So I started it again yeah. um, and uh, it's our third year now. Um, we want to encourage more teams to get involved. This is not an easy program. Uh, it's a STEM or STEAM program, but it's not an easy program. This is a program where the teachers really have to work hard with the teams from September to January. And um, so we, we are building it. We had five Schools are uh, five teams the first year, 13 teams last year. This year we have 16 teams. So next year I'm aiming to 20 to 30 teams. Mm-hmm. And Colorado School of Mines has been great hosting this for us um, and uh, offered to host this space, which is perfect for us. So, And hopefully we'll get some of these students to be engineers Yeah. I like that. And I also like the fact
0: that you brought Eric back who, you know, we had a really good conversation. And, you know, one of the things that you're doing to really level the playing field is a, you are, there's a cap on what people can spend on what students can spend, which means this is not about how much money your school has to invest into the program. It might have, it might have to do with teacher availability for sure. But Mm -hmm. if we can level the playing field and make it available to any, you know, race, gender, um, economic status for students to learn. And, you know, we know that there are a lot of gender biases still, right, in in this field. And but we also know that
14: um, where we come from and our financial background makes a difference in engineering. And so, yeah. well, I look at this as you know, we are going after schools that are multi diverse and uh, I really am happy this time. We have a rural school from southeast Colorado. We have the Colorado Association of Black Professional Engineers and Scientists who do mentor um, children and then we have uh, several uh, schools that have a large minority and free lunch programs. Um, So I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Um, I that totally got, got that. And I'm
0: super proud about that too, because I think that that's, that's where change happens is mm-hmm. programs like this. And yeah. I you know it's interesting when I walked in the door, I was talking to a group of parents and I said, you know, listen, as an entrepreneur, I started my company over the age of forty. And it's just because I spent so many years in the grind, right? Of just figuring out how to survive and, you know, and, and building up my, you know, my family. But I think that what this program is doing is giving children like our future the chance mm-hmm. to think about how they can be creative and, and build companies, ideas, and cities, and products that address issues in our world, but we're starting it so young that it's mm-hmm. going to stay with them through their career, and Eric's an example of that. I mean, yeah. would so you like to
14: know the subject for next year? Oh, my gosh, yes. The, you're the first to know. Oh, yes, please tell us. It is a city on the moon. Oh my goodness, that's going to be amazing. Yes, and Colorado School of Mines is going to host it here again for us, which is great. So I'm... uh and then I need to find more engineers and more schools to participate. <laughs> so, okay. So, Rebecca, tell us what you need the most. Are, do you need more companies to come in and fund this program? Yes. Okay. That's one. We, we are a non-for-profit in Colorado. You can't raise money in Colorado yeah. unless you're a non-for-profit. I think there's 26,000 non-for-profits in Colorado. Yeah. So, yes, we need people to donate money. It, it costs us around 700 dollars per team. based on everything else we do Mm -hmm. to run this program. So we need more money. We need more schools involved. I'd like to get some um, up in Fort Collins. We actually do have a school from Durango that came. uh, You know, there's schools out in Montrose that say they're STEM schools and we have some other schools. We'd like to get them involved. And um, the professional associations, American Society of Civil Engineers, the American Chemical Engineers Society, all of those offer the the judges came in today and they give yeah. special awards. Amazing. They yeah. also yeah, they help. I mean it's great. Yeah,
0: and I like it that the John Elway Dealer Group um, oh. is involved. And for me, it's also because they really, not only do they support youth, but they see that transportation, the future of transportation is going to change. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that that's their, their award that they give. I But I also think that there are lots of companies out there that have employees and work in communities where there are a lot of youth that are in, interested in this topic.
14: Oh, they've been great to us uh, since the first year. Did I tell you how they, I first Debbie, actually we interviewed her and this yes. this
0: and this came through your husband right yes
14: <laughs> my husband is a retiree for gm so we went to a general motors retiree group here and i met todd Moore. and i said i was starting this program up and would they donate and he said i'd give him give me a football and i said no i actually really like cash yeah. uh, <laughs> but i like that <laughs> so they've been supportive and bobby um, you know, doing the pitches, yeah. uh, that's been, oh, worth yeah. thousands, so we can send it out. So those anyway, are,
0: yeah, and yeah. I know they're calling her, so she has to run. yes, yeah, sorry about this. <laughs> but, but listen, I, for those of you that are listening, um, you, you know, you should get involved. There are ways with your company that you can volunteer, that you can donate, that you can participate in the success of this program. You can sponsor teams. There are a variety of ways to get involved, and, you know, we are very thankful for Rebecca and the work that she's doing as a volunteer to make this happened so stay tuned we have more coming
1: we hope you enjoyed the show hi my name is les conley and as producer of this show i enjoy listening right along with you don't forget to download the himalaya app and follow grit and grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information Taverlee is a social impact entrepreneur, and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T A H V E R L E E.com. We know your time is extremely valuable, and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.